there. Welcome to another life-transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwit Achero. I want to speak or start a series that I'm going to be running for a couple of weeks. It's entitled The Power of His Presence or The Power of God's Presence. Somebody say the power of God's presence. Say it again, the power of God's presence. Shout it louder, the power of God's presence. Now, the Duke of Wellington once remarked about Napoleon this way, and I quote, that his presence on the field made the difference of 40,000 men, end of quote. Now, this statement by the Duke of Wellington reveals something about Napoleon, that he had a magical effect on his soldiers. When he was on the battlefield, he boosted their confidence and they felt like they were the majority. When he was on the battlefield with them, they felt that they had the numbers. There are people who are saying in this country they have the numbers. Some of you get the joke when you're having dinner. Napoleon had such a presence that when he showed up on the battlefield, he instilled confidence. He boosted the confidence of his soldiers, and they felt like they were more than his enemies. Ladies and gentlemen, the presence of a strong leader has a very powerful effect on his followers. When you have a strong leader who leads a team effectively, he's strategic in his leadership, he's meticulous in his leadership, and the followers have confidence in that person. When that person is around, or when that leader is around, there is something that happens to his followers. His presence has a magical effect on them. I remember a few years ago when my children were in primary school, they used to have what we call sports day. And my children used to encourage me to, to go for sports day. And I used to try and go. Because sometimes those events can really be challenging to a man. No wonder when I used to go, I discovered that a lot of Parents who came for those functions belong to the female gender. It is mothers who are there in big numbers. You could count a few fathers who had come. And some of them, you know, three quarters of the time they were on their phone. So I used to go sometimes. Not all the time. But sometimes. I used to go and be there to see my children run, to see my children participate, you know, in sports, volleyball, athletics, 
And I can tell you from a male perspective, it was not easy. But then you remind yourself that you are a parent. And that you have to be there. But there's something that I noticed every time I went for these events. I noticed that my presence had a very powerful effect on my children. The moment they saw me, I could see joy on their faces. I could see them so excited and they wanted to prove to me that they are better than the rest. They wanted to prove to me that they can run and be number one. That everything they're going to participate in, they were even telling me, we want to show you what we are made of. You don't really know who we are. Thank God you came. Be ready for the show. And so, my presence, just being there, you know, had a magical effect on my children. I remember one time, my son, when he was in the kindergarten, you know, I've been wondering why my son has become very tall. Because when he was young, he didn't look like he would be this tall. He's now taller than me. In fact, when he was born, he was this plump boy with chubby cheeks. And I used to think he would be a very short guy. But lo and behold, guy is so tall. He's now even taller than me. Then I, I remembered my grandfather. My grandfather was very tall from my mother's side. So I think he has those genes from my grandfather. Anyway, when he was in the kindergarten, he was like a short guy. And he told me, he told me Dad, I want you to come. I want you to come and see how fast I am. And I was looking at him. You, fast. He said, yes. I want you to come. Because we are running and we are going to be awarded, you know, a prize at the end of the race. And dad, I want you to know, from the look of things, I have already won that thing. <laughs> so I said, okay, I'll be there. So I went. And I remember that time, I think I was having... Um, I was, having a, I was having a challenge with my throat. I was having a sore throat or something like that. Yes, I was having a sore throat, and I'd been, uh, I'd been given some antibiotics to take. And so uh, I went, I sat down. Other parents were there, and we were seated. We were waiting, you know, for our children. And every parent was clapping and celebrating his or her son. And... Then I remembered, you know, antibiotics, when you take antibiotics, you have to follow the time, isn't it? They tell you, swallow after this time. Swallow the tablet after this time. So while I was sitting there, I remembered, this is the time I'm supposed to take my antibiotic. So I, I quickly rushed to the car, which was at the parking lot to go and take that tablet. So I went there, I carried some water, so I took the tablet, and then I came back. When I came back to sit down, I was told that your son has already completed his race. And I started looking for him. And I found him somewhere in a corner, and he was not very amused with me. He was not very happy with me. One of the teachers, you know, started telling me, you know, your son was looking for you before he started running, you know, he wanted you to see what he is made of. And when he didn't see you, it affected his morale. So I asked him, 
So how did he do? He said he did not do very well. I said, oh, is that so? He said, yeah, because he was looking for you. He wanted, to, he wanted you to be there to see what he can do. And so I had to go and apologize to my son. And he was very mad. I said, dad, how can you do that? You even affected my performance. <laughs> you not being there. You affected my performance. Because I looked around before I just read. I looked around to see where you were. And when I didn't see you, it affected my performance. So I apologized. And I asked him, so what can I do for you to make you happy? I will not tell you what he asked me. I regretted why I asked that question. But you can see that my presence had an effect on his performance. That is how powerful presence can be. Ladies and gentlemen, if the presence of a general in the battlefield makes such a huge difference, if the presence of a, of a father or of a mother or of parents makes such a huge difference in the life of a child, how much more the presence of God? The presence of God, ladies and gentlemen, is what makes a difference in our lives as his children. If we understood how powerful God's presence is, we will crave for it every day. If we captured the magnitude, the height, the depth, the breadth of the presence of God... If we understood how powerful it is, I'm telling you, we will desire it every single day of our lives. Touch your neighbor for me and tell them you need the presence of God. It's indeed sad to note that many Christians go about their day-to-day -day activities without asking God for his presence to be with them. It's indeed sad to see Christians living like heathens they operate as heathens. They wake up, they shower, they fix their breakfast. They go for an important meeting. They go for an interview. You know, without asking for God's presence to be with them. It is the, is the, presence, it is the presence of God that makes a difference in our lives. It is the presence of God that makes us distinct from the heathens. It is the presence of God that gives us an edge over our competitors. It is the presence of God that makes a huge difference in your life. Regardless of what you're facing, regardless of what you're going through, it is the presence of God that makes a difference in our lives. Ladies and gentlemen, we need the presence of God. Church, we need the presence of God. Children of God, you need the presence of God. Of God. Touch your neighbor one more time and tell them, I need the presence of God. Let's go to Exodus chapter 33 and verse 12 to verse 15. I want us to read this verse with rapt attention. I want you to follow the details here very carefully as I dig deep in this message today. Exodus chapter 33 verse 12 to 15 verse 12. New King James Version, please. That one is for Reverend Hudson Gurria. Yes, 
then, then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up these people. Moses was a leader. And God had commanded him to lead the children of Israel. You say to me, bring up these people. But you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name. And you have also found grace in my sight. Verse 13. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you, and that I may find grace in your sight. And consider that this nation is your people. Verse 14. And God answers and he said to him. Look at all the questions that Moses has asked. And look at the answer that God is giving him. And he said to him, my presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. You know, when you read this verse, you feel some degree of frustration. Because Moses asked so many questions. He asked questions to do with leadership. He asked questions to do with security. He asked questions to do with validation. And God gives him only one answer. And God tells him, my presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. What a profound answer. But it's not the answer we want. It is not the answer that we desire. Imagine coming to God and saying, oh God, I need a breakthrough. I need a breakthrough. In the next 14 days, Lord, I need a breakthrough. Lord, I need this job. I'm going, I'm going, to inter I'm going for an interview. Lord, I want to be, to be selected. I want to be shortlisted. And then after you say everything that you have said, God answered and he says, God answers and he says, my presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. I don't think you'll be very excited with such an answer. Because when you pray for breakthrough, you want breakthrough. Talk to me. Funny what happened. You're very quiet. Talk to me, somebody. Or you come and say, like Pastor Zef, say, oh God, give me a wife. Lord, this year will not end. In the name of Jesus. Let it happen in Jesus' name. I want this kind of a wife. She has to be this kind of a woman with this complexion. Lord, give me, give me, give me. Lord, I pray that next Sunday when I go to church, may I see her in the congregation, lifting up her hands and worshiping. Then God answers and says, my presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. Do you think Pastor Zev will be very happy with that answer? He will not be very happy with that answer. And all of us will not be happy with that kind of an answer. Because when you're praying for money, you want to see money. Can we be real? Or you guys changed in the new government. When you pray for victory, you want to see victory. When you pray for healing, you want to see healing. When you pray for promotion, you want to see promotion. But I want you to know that God does not answer you the way you expect. 
And God did not answer Moses the way he expected. God told Moses, my presence will go with you. Do you know what God is trying to say? He's trying to say, everything that you are asking me, Moses, is in my presence. If you can only step into my presence, you will have everything that you desire from me. In other words, breakthrough is in his presence. Money is in his presence. Health is in his presence. Promotion is in his presence. Acceleration in life is in his presence. And God is telling you, you can have it all. This is your list, but you can have it all. But there is one condition that you have to meet. You must be in my presence. Now, do you realize why we don't have these things? It's because we are not in the presence of God. We don't desire the presence of God. We don't crave for the presence of God. We don't fight to be in the presence of God. But God says, if my presence can, my presence can go with you, everything that you are asking Moses, you can have it. That's why we need to desire his presence. We need to desire to walk in his presence. We need to desire to live in his presence. We need to desire to experience his presence 24-7 in our lives. And by the, by the way, the presence of God is not limited in church. You can experience his presence in your house. You can experience his presence in your car. You can experience his presence in your bedroom. You can experience his presence in your office. You can experience his presence while you're walking. You can carry the presence of God wherever you go. And, 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 and I want you to know that when this presence of God is with you and is around you, whatever you desire, you have access to it. God tells Moses, my presence, my presence will go with you. Hallelujah. Now, look at the next verse. Are we together? Mm -hmm. are, are we together? Look at the next verse. Are, are, are we together? Then he said to him, this is Moses now. When he realized where the secret is, after God answered him, look at what Moses said. Then he said to him, if... <laughs> he tells God, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. In other words, he was saying, God, if your presence doesn't go with us, we are not leaving this place. I will not move without your presence. I will not make a decision without your presence. I will not lead these people without your presence. Because I've realized that everything that I need is in your presence. Excellent leadership is in your presence. Victory over our enemies is in your presence. Favor is in your presence. To find favor in your sight is in your presence. And so Moses said, God, if you don't release your presence in us, we are not living here. I will stay here waiting for your presence. I don't know how many people can say that. Because we are always in a hurry to do things without the presence of God. How many times have you told God, God, I will not do this thing if I'm not sure about your presence being with me. I don't know how many Christians say, Lord, I will not marry this man 
He's handsome. He has a fat wallet. But Lord, I will not marry this man if he doesn't have your presence. He's quiet. Uh, or you're saying, Pastor, look, the wallet first. The first presence, we shall deal with it as we continue in the relationship. That's where we go wrong. Tell your neighbor, that's where you go wrong. Moses said, Lord, I will not do anything without your presence. Your presence comes first. If your presence is not with us, we shall not leave this place. I pray that we shall crave for his presence. I pray that this, is a church, this will be a church that craves for the presence of God. I pray that each and every one of us, we will not make moves without the presence of God. You will not start a company without the presence of God. You will not make a major decision in your life without the presence of God. You will not make a move, a major move in your life without the presence of God. You will say like Moses, God, if your presence does not go with us, we will not leave this place. If your presence is not with me, I will not leave this place. The only thing that will make me move is when I am sure about your presence being with me. I've seen a lot of believers make moves. And you can tell they didn't consult the presence of God. You can tell they are devoid of the presence of God. Even though they try and tell you, oh, I feel like God is in this thing. You can tell. Because it goes against everything that represents God. Moses said, God, if your presence doesn't go with us, we will not leave this place. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. It's my prayer that as I teach and as I go deeper, a hunger will be stirred inside of you for God's presence. You will desire him in your house. Glory to God. You will desire him in your bedroom. I say glory to God. You desire him in your business premise. Glory to God. Look, as I continue going deeper, I will even show you how to attract God's presence where you are. Hallelujah. And one of them is the music you play. The music you play. If you play diamond, you will never see the presence of God understand what I'm talking about. But that is a story for another day. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and say, Father, let your presence go with me. Shout it louder. Say, Father, let your presence surround me. Shout it louder. Father, let your presence saturate my life. Can we go deeper? Now, let's look at different reactions to God's presence. Number one, those who walked away from God's presence. There are people who literally walked away from God's presence. The first person that walked away from the presence of God is Cain. After he murdered his brother in Genesis chapter 4 and verse 16, the Bible says that he went out 
from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. After killing his brother, he didn't even care that the blood of his brother was crying out for revenge on the ground. And when God even, you know, talked to him about it, he didn't care. He had a very uh, nasty attitude even towards God. He was not remorseful at all. And so after God gave him the punishment of killing his brother, he walked out of the presence of God and he went to dwell in the land of Nod. You can see that he wasn't even remorseful. You see, people who are not remorseful will always walk out of the presence of God. People who are not broken, people who don't recognize their wretchedness will always walk out of the presence of God. I mean, I read this story and I could see that Cain didn't care at all. He didn't care what will happen to him. What he just did was to complain that, to God that his punishment was unbearable. But he didn't care about the presence of God. He just walked out and he went. Another person that we see that walked out of the presence of God is Adam. And of course, his wife, Eve. The Bible says, the Bible says they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. According to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8. You see, they had sinned. And instead of being remorseful, they decided to hide themselves when they heard God coming to visit them in the Garden of Eden. When they felt the presence of God, instead of running to God, they actually ran away from God. And they went and hid themselves among the trees. Now, as, they, as, as, as God approached them, while they were hiding, they could hear. They could hear, they could sense, they could hear the presence of God in the garden. They could, they, they could hear that God is coming, he's approaching us, he's coming. That's why God was asking them, where are you? And Adam said, uh, you know what he said, isn't it? <laughs> the wife you gave me, isn't it? Now, they started blaming, okay, Adam started blaming God instead of being broken and remorseful because of the sin in his life. He started blaming God. And because of blaming God, you can see that he was totally disconnected from the presence of God. Instead of running to God and recognizing his sin, he started blaming God and telling God, if you didn't bring this woman into my life, I don't think I could have been in this situation. When people are not remorseful, they will always walk away from the presence of God. When people are not broken, they will always walk away from the presence of God. And as they are walking away, they will either blame God, they will blame their brothers, they will blame Satan, they will blame people as to the reason why they are walking away from the presence of God. Another one is Jonah. In Jonah chapter 1, when God spoke to Jonah and told him to go and preach in Nineveh, because the wickedness of the city had reached heaven. I mean, I, I was just imagining what kind of wickedness was this? That it actually reached heaven. And in verse 3, instead of Jonah going to Nineveh, the Bible says in verse 3 that Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from, look at that, from, can we read together? But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And then he went down to Joppa, and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare 
So this fair thing didn't start the other day, isn't it? Ask a lady next to you, have you eaten some fair? <laughs> he paid the fair and he went down. Look at how this guy is running away from the presence of God. He is going down. Somebody shout down, down. Shout it again, down, 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 down. He, he, he went down. Give me the scripture again. He paid the fare. He went down into it to go with them to Tashis from the presence of the Lord. He funded his journey far away from God's presence. And he ended up in the belly of a fish. The guy is going down, 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 down to the lower deck of the ship. Then things didn't work. They had to throw him. He was swallowed and he ended up in the belly of a fish. And you can see that it is stubbornness, rebellion, and disobedience in his heart that caused him to walk away from God's presence. When you read the story of Jonah, later on, when the people have repented, Jonah started blaming God. People who are not remorseful will always play the blame game. Started blaming God. I knew, I knew you will forgive them. If you knew you will forgive them, why did you send me? But he sent you so that he can forgive them. <laughs> that was the whole reason why God was sending Jonah to go to Nineveh. To preach so that people can turn away from their wickedness. And he was not really happy with God. So these are some of the people who walked out of God's presence. And the reason why they walked out of God's presence is because they were not remorseful. They had done something wrong, but they were not remorseful. They refused to acknowledge their wretchedness, their sin, their disobedience and rebellion, and they turned away from God's presence. Then we have another group, those who love God's presence. I believe those ones are here. Are they here listening to me? They, they, they love God's presence. Of course, the first one is Moses. We have read his story. Moses recognized his incapacitation without God's presence. He chose not to make a move without God's presence. He knew that as a leader, all his decisions were going to impact almost a million people. And he told God, I will not move. I will not lead these people if I'm not sure about your presence. He craved for God's presence. He desired God's presence. He knew all the issues that he had as an individual could only be sorted out when he steps into the presence of God. Another person is David. When he sinned, one thing that he didn't want to lose was the presence of God. In Psalm chapter 51 and verse 11, when David had sinned, he runs to God and he says, Cast me not away from your presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. He didn't mind losing other things. He didn't mind losing his position. He didn't mind losing you know, monies. He didn't even mind losing his throne. But one thing he didn't want to lose was the presence of God. I love David. He said, God, I, I can lose everything. I can lose my dignity. I can lose my position as a king. But please make sure that your presence doesn't leave me. 
Because one of the things that happen to you when you sin, you are dislocated from the presence of God. You become hostile to the presence of God. What you are attracted to, you begin to repel. Because you feel like God is judging you. You feel condemnation inside of you. And you feel like you need to run away so that you can have some peace in your heart. But David says, look, no matter how I feel, I want to be in the presence of God. I have messed. I have sinned. But please, God, one thing that I don't want you to take away from me is your presence. He even says, please don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. I know I'm messed up. But let your spirit remain. Let your presence remain with me. In Psalm chapter 27 and verse 4, David says one thing. Hey, glory to God. It's only the preacher who is excited with this message. He says one thing I have desired of the Lord. And that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord. That I may dwell in your presence. All, not for a week, not for a few days, all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. He says one thing. Somebody shout one thing. Look at your neighbor and ask them, is that your one thing? Because everybody has his own one thing. There are people here, your one thing is a car. There are people here, your one thing is a house. There are people here, your one thing is marriage. There are people here, your one thing is children. There are people here, your one thing is promotion. There are people here, your one thing is a beautiful face. There are people here, your one thing is a handsome face. But David says one thing that I have desired. And that is what I'm going to seek after. Is to dwell in the presence of the Lord all the days of my life. Because I know when I'm in his presence, the car is there. God help me preach. When I'm in his presence, the house is there. When I'm in his presence, health is there. When I'm in his presence, victory is there. One thing have I desired of the Lord. And that will I seek that I may dwell. In the house of the Lord. All the days of my life. Give somebody a high five and tell them I'm changing my one thing. Some of you, the reason why your breakthrough has delayed is because your one thing is diabolic. Your one thing does not move the heart of God. Your priorities are twisted. But I came to preach so that you may change your priorities. You may tell God, one thing have I desired. And that is what I'm going to seek after, to dwell in your presence. And when you begin to change your priorities, then God will say, now I'm ready to do business with you. As you come into my presence, as you leave, you will leave loaded. When you come into my presence, rather, as you leave, you will leave loaded. When you come broken, you will leave whole. When you come poor, you will live rich. When you come sick, you will live healed. In fact, I prophesy, now that you are in the presence of God, in the house of God, may you live here loaded. May you live here healed. May you live here delivered. May you live here set free in the name of Jesus. Can I hear louder amen in the house of God? 
Please help me preach and give five people high five and tell them I desire his presence. I desire his presence. I want his presence. I am craving for his presence. I want to be in his presence. My goodness. Hallelujah. If you are a parent, I want to challenge you. Drag your children into the presence of God. If you are a husband here, drag your wife into the presence of God. No wonder David says, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. You've been trying to be happy in your marriage is not working. I have the remedy. I have the prescription. Drag your marriage into the presence of God. And when you locate the presence of God, you will locate joy for your marriage. Can I have a witness in this house? Tell somebody one more time, I need to be in the presence of God. Sit down. David says, one thing. One thing. One thing. One thing. I have desired of the Lord. And that will I seek after. Is to dwell in his house forever. It says, to behold. A beauty. A beauty. A beauty. A beauty. A beauty. Of the Lord. To behold the, our God is beautiful. To behold the beauty of the Lord. Hallelujah. Not the face of Beyonce. The beauty of the Lord. Not Kardashians. The beauty. Oh my goodness. Your eyes have been looking at the wrong things. No wonder you feel ugly. No wonder you feel broken. You've been looking at the wrong things. And you've been comparing yourself with the wrong things. But I came to preach to you today. That there is a place you need to get to. And that is the presence of God. That is a place where you behold the beauty of the law. Wow. Hmm. And as you behold the beauty of the law, something begins to happen in your life. And I will share with you if I have time. If I don't have time, I'll continue in the afternoon to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire. Look, this scripture is loaded. To inquire in his temple. All of you here have questions. Hmm? You have questions like Moses. Lord, why? Lord, why? Lord, why is my child always Number one from behind. Lord, why? Lord, why is my husband a drunkard? Why? Tell your neighbor, what are your questions? Tell your neighbor, tell me your questions. What are your questions? Why? Lord, 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 why? Why is it that my candidate did not win? Lord, why? Why? With all the things I did, the prayers I made, Lord, why? 
you have questions. Everybody here has questions. Our hearts are full of questions. Lord, why am I not married? Look, Lord, why? I'm 35. Yeah. Lord, why? Why is my marriage not nice, Lord? Why? We have questions. So many questions. Lord, why am I not promoted? Those questions, drag them. Talk to me, somebody. Drag those questions into the presence of God. You see, if you don't have a place where you take your questions, you will find yourself complaining. Because some of the people you ask those questions, they don't have answers. <laughs> they don't have answers for your questions. But there is one person that I know. The all-wise God. He has all the answers to your questions. Drag them into his presence. And as you inquire, you will find answers. I say as you inquire, you will find answers. In the presence of God, there are answers. Answers to why you're barren. Answers to why you're broken. Answers to why you're failing. Answers to why you're stagnant. Answers to why you're frustrated as an individual. I dare you to step into the presence of God. Because by the time you leave that place, your heart will be full of joy. Shout yes in this house. Give somebody a high five and tell them, go into the presence of God and ask questions. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. That's why I love being in the presence of God. Because sometimes even silence in God's presence is an answer. Because God can be quiet. It's an answer. God can say no. It's still an answer. God can say wait. It's still an answer. God can say go ahead. It's still an answer. Wherever he says, so long as I'm in his presence, I shall be satisfied. I wish I had a witness in this house. So long as I'm in his presence, no matter the answer. Oh yes, I shall be satisfied. You know, sometimes when God answers prayer, we, we, we don't like it. We even say, mm -mm, that's not God. God does not answer prayer like that. That's not God. Look, you are not God. Look at your neighbor and tell them, you. You are not God. And some of you think God is your servant boy. He's not your servant boy. And you cannot box him. No. God will answer according to his will. That's why sometimes even when you step into his presence and you ask questions, he's quiet. It is also an answer. Or he gives you an answer that is opposite. <laughs> you guys are not ready for me today. <laughs> it is opposite what you expected. It is still an answer. Tell anybody, it's still an answer. Do you know why it's still an answer? It's because your mind is so... 
I'm trying to look for something that I can use to describe how small your mind is. Your mind is minute. Tell your neighbor, you have a very small mind. Your perception is so limited. So limited. I'm telling you, you don't see what God is seeing. You, you see, the Bible says, His ways. <laughs> oh Lord, help me preach today. His thoughts, the way He thinks, His thoughts are higher. So you, you want Him to be, to answer you in this way. Then He realizes, oh, this is more thinking. Very small thinking. Let me surprise him by giving him an answer that he did not expect. He will cry for two days. But after a week, after a year, he will look back and say, Ah, Lord, I thank you. You didn't answer the way I expected, the way I wanted. Thank you for giving me this answer. Because this answer is making sense. Some of you as I'm preaching, you're even thanking God for the prayers he did not answer. Because if he answered that prayer, you'll be in trouble today. Isn't it? It's just like some of you when you meet your ex, you're glad he's your ex. That's the time you say, oh Lord, I thank you. I love you, Jesus. I bless your name. I glorify your name. I mean, you say, Lord, I thank you for my ex because you're imagining how your life will have been. But that time you're crying, oh God, how can you allow your servant who serves you? <laughs> but a few years later, you meet that guy, Yamame Chapa. He has even lost his front teeth. You start even imagining when you're kissing a kwaje. Anyway, okay, please. Oh, look. Um, <laughs> that's the time you just say, Lord, glory, glory to Jesus. Lord, I thank you you didn't answer that prayer. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for your silence. Thank you that the relationship did not work. Thank you that you protected me from that person. That is the beauty of being in the presence of God. Hallelujah. I want to give you five seconds to thank God for the prayers he did not answer. The way you wanted him to answer. Oh yes. Oh yes. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. My God. Woo, glory to God. Look, we were praying to buy a property. 200 million shillings. Nice property with a go down, whatever. Two acres, 200 million. And we were committed to it. And we prayed. We were praying every day. Every day we were praying. We were saying, oh, God, give us. This is the place we were stepping. Wherever the sole of your feet shall tread upon, we shall possess in the name of Jesus. We're praying. Hey. Huh? One day, 
You know, even before that, I negotiated with the guy. We negotiated. We were having meetings and meetings. I was going to places. I was talking to banks. I was, I was looking for every opportunity. And it was a roadblock. I'm praying, roadblock. I'm praying, roadblock. Then we go to a place where the owner was saying, if you don't give me this amount, I'm changing my mind. And I'm even, I'm even, I'm, uh, even told me, I'm going to put this property on sale. I say, okay. I told him, if it's ours, it's ours. If it's not ours, it's not ours. But we, are, we were still praying. In my heart, I was telling God, God, this is not even my house. This is not even my life. It's for your house. It's for your house. <laughs> you know those kind of prayers? Deal with this guy. And God is just listening to me. Inquiring in his temple. And the answer he gave me. He sent me city council. Sunny, sunny. Because he realized this son of mine is so stubborn. That I'm trying to show him signs. Huh? To stop this process. The owner has refused. He's still pushing. The amount he's giving is ridiculous. He's trying to negotiate. The owner is not going down. So let me answer his prayer. You know how he answered the prayer. Sani, Sani came and flattened things. That was the day. That was the day. As people were there crying, whatever, that is the day I said, oh, This is why God was not giving us a breakthrough with this land. Can you imagine sinking 200 million? And then the government comes and tells you, we are putting a road here. So God saved us from 200 million shillings. And there are people who are not happy. Even when we moved here. They say, how can God answer prayer like that? Moving people seven kilometers. What kind of a God is that? But look at what. Look, look, look. look at this God. Look at this. I look at this God. When you're in his presence, no matter the answer, it's good enough for you. It might not make sense now, but give it time. The reason why you are whining is because you are not in his presence. You have not decided to dwell in his presence. No wonder you are making decisions that are leading you into so many complications. When you are in his presence, any answer from God. You see, God knows you very well. He knows your future. He knows what makes you happy. He knows how he has wired you. He knows your destiny. Any answer he gives you is for your good. It's for your good. Let me finish. I'll continue in the afternoon. Are you, are you getting something tonight? Jesus, before he faced the cross, he prays, Father, say, Father, this thing is heavy. He's, in the, he's, he's, he's actually in the presence of God. He's praying. The disciples are sleeping. You see, same geographical location, but different experiences. 
One is in the presence of God. Another one is in the presence of sleep. Sleeping and snoring. And Jesus is having a conversation with his father in his presence. The Bible says he prayed until angels were released to, 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 to encourage him. Because they prayed until sweat came out of his brow like blood. He could feel the weight of the cross. And he's praying. Father, if it is your will, remove, remove this cup. I don't want to drink it. Then he waited for an answer. God said nothing. He said, not my will. <laughs> but your will. If you want me to go through this, I don't like it. I don't want it. You remember what Moses was praying? Lord, give me favor. Lord, show me who will be with me when I'm going to lead. He expected some fantastic answers. What did God say? My presence will go with you. Simple. When Jesus didn't hear anything from heaven, he said, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And he stood up and he was ready to die. But he was so, I will talk to you about being conscious of God's presence. He was so conscious of God's presence that even when he was dying, he did not commit his life to any man. He says, Father, I know you're quiet, you're not answering me, but I know what you want. You want me to die. So now I'm dying into your hands. I command my spirit. Hebrews says he died because of the joy. There was already an answer in the presence. He died because of the joy that was set before him. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to dwell in the presence. It's the presence of God that will protect you from making bad moves, for taking wrong decisions, for marrying a wrong person. I prophesy over my young people, you will not marry a wrong person in the name of Jesus. I scatter every joker by reason of this presence over your life in the name of Jesus. Shout a louder amen in this house. You will not make a wrong decision. Because as you go into his presence to inquire, God will give you an answer. And will save you. Save your children. Hallelujah. Save your company. Save your business. Before you sell your business, talk to God. Hmm? Look, before you divorce your wife, you want to divorce? I will go into his presence and hear what God will say. You, you will slap you. <laughs> what kind of nonsense is this? He said, go back to your, and as you're going, he will kick your butt. <laughs> tell me about the presence. Hold somebody's hands and tell them, I need the presence. I need the presence. I need the presence. I want everybody to stand to your feet. We want to cry out to God for his presence for a few minutes right now before we finish. Hallelujah. Lift up your voice to God and just tell God, I need your presence over my life today to cover me, to surround me, to fill my house, to fill my life. Let your presence saturate me, oh God. I want to be like David. One thing. I want to have that one thing. 
I want to desire one thing, and that is your presence. Your presence. Your presence. Your presence. Your presence, Lord. I desire your presence, Lord. I desire your presence. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazu Techero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.